0: So you have over 17 years experience as a coach, guiding thousands of other coaches around the world. What is the one thing that you see trips up coaches again and again and again from living the coaching business of their dreams?
1: It really stems from the perspective that they take, uh, the hat that they're wearing. When coaches start out being coaches, they do so because they love coaching. They love the active of coaching of helping and serving and supporting people in whatever area it is. Uh, And so when they wear the hat of the coach, that's a certain perspective. And when they say, you know what, I want to do this. I'm going to start a business doing this. The thing that they often fail and forget and don't even realize is they have to then take off the hat of the coach temporarily, put on the hat of the business owner, set up the structure for them to get clients to coach and do more coaching, and then put the hat of the coach back on.
0: Welcome to this week's Business Breakthrough Podcast. I am chatting with a
1: fellow Curly, Melinda Cohen. <laughs> Welcome to the show. So excited to be here and so glad to be here with the Curly Girls.
0: I'm so excited that you're here. I have a thing for Curly, and nobody can see us right now. So nobody knows what we both look like. As Melinda is the CEO of the Coaches Console, a software training and coaching company that has helped thousands of coaches create profitable and sustainable businesses. Software leverages the systems she created in her own coaching business for branding, list building, marketing, scheduling, enrolling clients, creating amazing client experiences, managing group programs and online courses, and integrates it all into one cohesive platform. I did that in one breath.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: it removes the complexities of your business so you can feel confident and do the work you love doing with your clients. And while the systems organize you, she and her team blend coaching with training to help you create a clear and realistic path to sustainable income and impact. It's a very well written buy- I like it. Thank you. (laughs) So the story behind the bio, uh, sounds like you're what we would call like an OG coach, right? Like, like what are the originals you've been doing this longer than five minutes?
1: Uh, yeah. A hot second longer, uh, 17 years we celebrated this year as far as having the coach console. And I, I guess I've been a coach for 19 going on 20 years now, which I still can't even believe.
0: That's amazing. I've, I've been a certified professional coach for 12, 13 years, about 13 years now.
1: Yeah. That's um, awesome.
0: Which is a really long time in the coaching world. Also, it's like in dog years, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you were a coach before Like I was at the very beginning, you know, when Malcolm Gladwell talks about trends, you've got like the innovators in the. I was like an early, a very early adopter to coaching. You were like an innovator. You were a coach and only kinds of coaches were like sports coaches and Tony Robbins. Like that's all there was. (laughs) Exactly.
1: That's exactly. That was the question I got all the time is what coach, what sport do you coach? And I'm like, "Mm, nope, no, no, no. We're going to try this again.
0: (laughs) So how did you get into that? How did you choose coaching when it was so not a thing? And what was your specialty?
1: It, I didn't choose coaching. I was very happy being an employee. I okay. loved, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I loved the safety of a paycheck, a path, retirement. Uh, and then, um, I, I'm a big believer, and when you hear things multiple times, you need to pay attention. And so from three different sources in a very short time frame, this thing called coaching came up, and I'm like, is that? And I just started asking the question and finding out that it was my natural leadership style in my corporate job that I had. Uh, And I was like, wow, this is really fascinating. What was
0: your corporate job? Like what was your field of training? Interior designer.
1: Cool. Interior designer. I was an interior designer. I loved creating space so that people could be their best whenever they showed up. And I worked with small business owners. Um, other organizations, corporations. And I I used to help them with their workflow efficiencies, their teamwork culture, the space so that they could accomplish. So you were doing interior
0: design, but almost like a business consultant a little bit,
1: a little bit. And the way I was leading my teams uh, within the business, um, it was a coach approach. I had no idea And one of my colleagues sent me somebody's coaching newsletter and said, this really describes you. Do you know about this? And so I just started really getting super curious. I'm like, what is this coaching thing? Uh, And it was so fascinating and I just kept exploring it. I'm like, well, that's really cool. Let's let's dabble in it. And so, you know, I was already kind of doing it and I would dabble in it and coach some friends or colleagues or coworkers in the evenings or on the weekends and whatever. And so I started doing that regularly really as a hobby. Uh, just because I love helping people be their best. So like a life coach. Then,
0: just a life coach. Just, just yeah, just, life coach. Just a quote well, unquote life coach. just whatever. Yeah,
1: whatever, <laughs> you know. And um, I was uh, a workaholic. Um, and so, you know, I was, it was nothing for me to work 60, 70 hours a week. And that is so um, many hours. It's a lot. And that was, I just, I loved it and did it. And that's what I was doing. And when I started doing coaching uh, on the side, I even told my, uh, the owner of the company and my boss, I was like, you know, you're going to notice that I'm not working. I'm not coming in as early. I'm not staying as late. I'm not working on the weekends. I'm still going to be doing, don't you worry. You you know, I don't want you to misinterpret that, but I'm doing this coaching thing. So whatever, it was cool. Uh, And then after a number of months, um, I got fired. Wow. And they Just were because uh, I to this day you weren't as early as being as late <laughs> the full reason, but I think they could see the writing on the wall. They were grooming me for certain things, and that was no longer the direction I was moving in. And uh-huh. uh, so I got fired. The and-
0: second you don't give corporate your entire life's blood, they're like you're not in it to win it. Now
1: I was still working like forty to fifty hours. So I was still working. Corporate that's needs hard. all of you. Corporate, yeah.
0: corporate will not settle for part of you. They, yeah, you can only grow if you give them literally one hundred and seventy-five percent. Like it's everything you have and more. And if you have, you know, a personal life or a hobby, like that's clearly not dedication on your part.
1: It wasn't, <laughs> and uh, I was. I mean, I don't get fired. I <laughs> am uh, the Melinda back then you know, striving for perfection, overachiever, uh, gold star recipient and everything that I do. I love that. I totally see it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh no. Um, And so when it came down to it, I did not want to just go find another job. And what hindsight taught me is I did not want anybody else to be in control of my future like that ever, ever again. I'm a control freak and I'm like, oh no, I'm going to be in charge of this, and so I had been dabbling in coaching, and I had connected with um, a ski buddy of mine, and she had been in coaching for three years at the time, and so I was. We would go on. Seventeen years. Where like, are we? We're in 2021. So this is like 2013. Uh, oh, no, three. Oh, three. like off by a decade. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just. Back up a just little more. more uh, so 2003, 2002 ish. That kind mm-hmm. of uh, Bob Hart. And I was just getting to know, like, what is this coaching? We would go skiing and riding up the ski lift. What is coaching? How's it work? They pay you, you get paid. How much? Like what? <laughs> uh, and then we'd ski down the mountain. And so I just really discovered this whole. It's an industry. Yeah. It's a profession. It's a job. And I was like, well, let's just take what I'm doing. I'm already. I already have some clients and now they're just going to pay me. So let's work that out. And so in that moment, I being an interior design and working with organizations and their efficiencies and workflow processes, I geek out on systems processes and how things work behind the scenes to support the goals that need to be accomplished. And so uh, my coach Kate at the time, she gave me this pile. She's like, here's everything I've been collecting for three years to build a business. She's like, I'm not implementing most of it, but this is what I've, I've collected. And so she gave it to me. I sat down on my living room floor and I understood from my workflow processes, systems, what it took. I was like, okay, here's what it means to have a business. Here's all the sections. I got to do this for marketing. I need to do this to get clients. I need to do to, for pay, like everything. And I was like, okay, let me get my house in order behind the scenes so I can feel confident that I can deliver what I promise. And then I felt confident, even though I never did marketing or I didn't have to do any of that stuff as an employee, um, but I felt confident in what I was doing and that I could do it, even though I was brand new at it, that then I could go out and start networking and getting clients. And I I filled my business fast. Okay. Uh, And that's how I got started. That's how coaching found me.
0: That's how coaching Uh, found you. I love it. And then how did... Um, did the coach's console find you too, or did you
1: <laughs> No it, it also found me, I was just happy. Good luck. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I had, you know, 20 full paying clients. That's what I wanted. Uh, I had replaced, my goal was to replace my previous income from my job. I was like, if I can do that, shit, I'm good. That is awesome. And, uh, and I was doing that. So I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, this is it. And I was telling Kate, my coach, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing how coaches can create an incredible revenue and in a business to support them. And she's like, uh, no, no, most coaches don't do that. And I, I don't know the exact timing, but prior to that comment that I made to her, I was driving down the highway and um, I heard a voice growing up a preacher's kid, I knew you listen to that voice. Uh, And so it was just, there was these words and phrases that I was hearing. And it was, I could hear it as if like my friend who was driving, I looked over and I was like, what did you say? And he's like, nothing. So I pulled a napkin out of the glove box, started writing. And the essence of the message was um, help them eliminate their burdens and distractions so they can live their God-given potential. I didn't know what it meant for the longest time. I just kind of kept the napkin tucked in my drawer and I was like, "Burns and distractions. I wonder what that is. Who's, who's potential, what potential. And then when I was talking with Kate and she said, no, no, no. Most coaches don't experience success in business. Most coaches struggle in business. I was like, wait a minute. And then all of a sudden, a hit. I, like, I a call
0: hit. it a hit. Cause
1: that's almost what it feels. It's almost like some, it's like, like something yeah. energetically hits you. And you're like, Whoa, okay.
0: Yeah. And like, yeah. click, 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 click. It's like, it just thinks exactly. fits.
1: Yeah. So I knew, oh, coaches, not good at business. It's a burden for them. It's a distraction for them. We're going to help them get over that. The world needs their potential in this world. So we're going to help them. The more coaches I can help be successful, the better impact we can make in the world. So I had no idea what that was going to look like. I thought I was going to hire a whole bunch of VAs to help them do all the backend work. And then a buddy of mine, we were at a local chamber of commerce and standing in line to get drinks. And he was eavesdropping me, telling somebody this story. And he was like, wait a minute, if you want to help coaches around the world now, mind you, this is 2003, this is and so he, early, so early. He's like, if you want to help coaches is around dot com the world, bubble. 2003 yeah. dot com bubble he said, you need to do it on the interweb. And I was like, <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> so we
0: went to his office. 2003 is when people could start a blog and it would go viral because there were only five of them.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. 2003, you're still paying money uh, to a company mailing in a check and they send you the floppy disk that you put in your computer and download the program on your machine so that it's safe, right? Oh my and gosh. so he, he drew out this whole schematic Uh, One of my regrets in the business, we did not take a picture of that gigantic diagram on the wall. And he was like, here's how you use the web to get to people around the world to help them. And I'm like, well, that sounds a lot better than hiring a bunch of VAs. So whatever that is, let's do that. And so that was the birth of Coach's Console. And I took my napkin to Kate when she made that comment, I was like, I don't know what this is, but this is bigger than me and one person. And would you like to join forces? And so she dipped her finger in the mocha chocolate, smeared the napkin and <laughs> coaches console was born. And that, that became our business partnership. And wow. 17 years later, we're still serving coaches. Wow. So I saying, but
0: then you built a software, you knew nothing about software you development,
1: knew, No, knew <laughs> nothing about software, but, uh, our friend Robert, he's like, this is how you do it. And so we built an online platform. And so for about the first three years, uh, we had to convince people that you could go to this page on a website (laughs) and enter your name and credit card information and we're gonna charge your credit card every month. And that's an okay thing. We're not gonna know your bank history. We're not gonna drain (laughs) your funds. We're not gonna know all your personal information. And so for three years, we had to convince people that was, that was okay. Totally. Because it didn't Amazon exist.
0: was still in its infancy.
1: Yep. It was in its infancy. Um, everything. I remember I think it was in 2002,
0: I first heard of Amazon and it mm-hmm. was like the most novel thing. And I think they were still only selling books. It was for yes, books.
1: It was all books. Yeah. It was just 2002, a So this bookstore. is
0: like the dawn of the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: So yeah, that's when we started our software was when we had to convince people it was okay to enter a password in a field to open up a private screen that it truly was private. And we yeah, weren't.
0: I remember this. I remember So I was, I'm a little younger than you, not terribly, but I was in university at that time. And I remember taking um, like computer science 101 Yeah, and the teacher was explaining cryptography and encryption, data encryption. Yeah. I'm a super data geek. I was a CIO for six and a half years. I do database oh, architecture. Wow. I'm also like a systems and processes person. My oh, the yeah. first version of my company was called strategic business systems yeah like there you initial, go initial name yeah. of it and then it just oh, a yeah, long long story but I remember sitting there and being like it can't be safe to put your credit card yeah. online and he's explaining <laughs> that the encryption is a lot safer than when you hand it to a clerk in the store and he can just like you know make a copy of it copy under the it table or just write yeah. down the numbers or whatever like that's a lot less secure than putting it online I remember I'm like my brain was like processing that, like, really, yeah. this can be safe and cryptic. And like, that was, now it's like, yeah, of course. Of course, yeah, the guy yeah. Is way less safe. He's probably got a scanner inside his swiper. Like, let's do it online, exactly. much
1: better. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that was, that was how we started Coaches Console and how we started reaching coaches around the world to help them feel more confident as business owners as they do as coaches.
0: So I know I could now go into like, what is the coach's console and what's in it? But I'm sure we could send people to a resource later that describes it. What I want to know is in all your years of working with coaches and being a coach, what are some of the biggest pitfalls or misunderstandings, mistakes? Like, What are the things that a potential coach or a new coach or even veteran coach who's struggling need to be aware of that they need to do correct, fix, change, do different to be successful?
1: The thing that I see, I still see it you know, I naively thought, well, we'll be in business for a few years. We'll change people's paradigms. We'll fix this problem. And then it'll be different. But you know, 17 years later, it's still it's the journey of the entrepreneur. I think that they start out, you know, one of my favorite books early on was the Myth. Yes. Right. And so in there, you know, it's the story of the pie maker, the thing that you're good at, you're naturally good at this thing. So you do this thing And then somebody says, you need to do this thing more, start a business so you can do more of this thing, or so you don't have to do it for somebody else. Right. And you do that thing. And so the enthusiasm of the entrepreneur is like, oh my gosh, I love doing this thing. I love coaching. I want to coach. How do I coach more people? And so their enthusiasm takes them to the step of, um, I gotta get clients because when I get clients, I can coach more people. I can do the thing I love more. And if you are a hobbyist, that's a fine way to think. If you are a coach as an employee for another company, coaching other people that this company has hired you, that's an okay thing to think. But if you are starting your own business, that has to be a secondary thought because there's more that has to happen so that you can get clients. Otherwise, the villains that I have named Fraudulent Frank and Oliver Overwhelm and No Good Ned and Perfect Portia, they will start rearing their ugly head. Hold on, I'm writing these down.
0: Fraudulent Frank,
1: No Good, no Good Ned, Ned, Oliver Overwhelm, Oliver and Perfect, Perfect, Portia. Perfect
0: Portia.
1: Oh, there's a whole lot more. There's Nicholas Nelly and uh, <laughs> No Time Tina and Molly Moneyback. There's 13 of them that I've, I've named. I love uh, this. But when your enthusiasm as an entrepreneur places your skill set as the primary focus, which is natural because you love that thing, um, then you set yourself up for these villains to get really loud. So you don't feel professional. You don't feel credible. You you really are hesitant to put yourself out there. But when you can take just a little bit of time and say, okay, I'm I'm going to start a business so I can do this thing that I love. What does it mean to have a business? What do I need to create so that the natural byproduct is the clients for me to do this thing I love with? Right. So it's just a slightly different perspective. A different
0: perspective. Now I really yeah. like that. And I, I would agree completely. So I've been working in micro business consulting for about yeah. 12 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, my specialty is service-based businesses. So it's I have a bunch of coaches and consultants and, and the like, but also a lot of therapists and piano teachers and interior designers and chiropractors yeah. and construction workers, expediters, um, healthcare, software. Like you name it, I've done it. And, and I see it also, right? You, yeah. People, it's not even underestimated. It's like they don't even take into account yeah. all the moving parts, of the business. It's like, well, if I make my pies well, then people should want to buy them. And Hey, I put up a website and an Instagram page.
1: How come people are buying it? Isn't it? like Why aren't
0: they coming? They're good pies. And there's an Instagram page and a website. And I even hired a guy for 500 bucks to do SEO. I covered all my pieces. I don't understand.
1: (laughs) And they still have the hat of the coach on, right? That the hat of the The service professional, and they're still thinking at it from that perspective. And and when you take that step and start out and say, "I'm going to have a business doing this thing that provides steady, consistent income that's reliable that helps me create the lifestyle I want," you have to take off that coach hat momentarily and put on the business owner hat. And those are two very different thoughts.
0: Business owner, because I've encountered this a lot. Right, people who just they just want a coach. They don't want to be a business
1: owner. Well, be a hobby dabble because when you're a hobbyist, you fit that around another job. That's providing money that pays the bills and takes care of your responsibilities. Cause you can't, you can't let go of that unless you're, you know, self made millionaire. Right. I mean, and right. Unless there's independently wealthy, right. Then exactly. you can do it. But usually most people have to um, still have that job that handles the responsibilities, puts food on the table and all that, but their hobby fits around it. And if they get paid, great. If they don't great, doesn't matter. It's a hobby right. or to find an organization where they're, they can be an employee. Cause that's the mindset that they have is right. I'm an employee. I have this thing. I want to do this thing. I love this thing. And so be an employee, very different to be a business. I like
0: owner. that. I like, I like how binary you present it. It's like you either are a business owner or you're not. And if you're willing yeah. to take it on, then you get all the wins and all the benefits and the self-sustaining income. And you figure out how to run this hobby or talent as a business. And if not, then it's not. Exactly. And that's also okay, but that's your choice. And it's not, there isn't an in-between. It's binary. It's either you're taking on the responsibility and role of business owner, or you're not. And yeah. you will and live it's not- the life
1: and business that you choose. Yeah. It's not good, bad, right, or wrong. It's not being no. a business owner is better than being a hobbyist. It's what is in alignment for you and your world. And that's one of the things that I see is people say they want to have their own business, but they're not willing to do the work. And so they live in constant disagreement with themselves. And that is, that is some of the greatest self abuse that you can give to yourself right there.
0: So what what would you say to those people? cause I, I see that also. So I guide people in a slightly different way. I'm, I'm curious. I always like other people's opinions because everyone's got their path and everyone connects to a different style. Yeah. So what do you tell someone, or do you do with someone who lives in that space where they're like, I want all the rewards of a business, but I don't want to run a business.
1: Well, my, uh, my values are transparency. Uh, I don't have time to mess around this world coaches, we are the leaders that people are turning to, to help us navigate the chaos that this world is in right now.
0: I like and- that so much. I need to, I need to pause and let everyone absorb that because coaches get such a bad rap and mm. we need to be honest. There are, there are pseudo coaches out there. Like there are. Yeah, and, yeah. And so the whole coaching world, like, I don't even tell people that I've been a certified professional coach for over 12 years. It's like yeah. not worth it because yes. it was like, oh, a coach. Oh, that's huge, nice. right? Yes. That's nice. And it's yes. like, you don't understand the lives I have changed with this skill. Okay. You don't understand what yes. this is when you're really a coach, when you've clocked your 10,000 hours plus, and you yes. can sit with someone for an hour and a half and it, and get a full sense of who they are and where they've been and where they can go and where they wanna go and what's blocking them and what's stuck and what's gonna take for them to yeah. unblock. And when you can do that, that is what I think coaching is. So yeah. I love what you said. Coaches are the leaders.
1: That people are turning to, to help them navigate the chaos and the pandemic. Like I've believed that for years and years and the pandemic put an accelerator on that. Because the world just got crazier and more chaotic like and more fast moving and people where they once could maybe navigate themselves through it, now they're required to have support. I hear that. And, the, and, the and I always look at it.
0: how I have a definition for the difference between like coaching and therapy and why I, I went into coaching as opposed to therapy. Mm-hmm. What what do you see as the difference?
1: Um, so I make a distinction between therapy, coaching, and consulting. Okay. So I do therapy so, coaching, consulting,
0: and mentorship. So I've got like a four. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Four plus. And so with therapy, it's really about focusing on the past, who you were, what happened when understanding that. So you can derive information to empower you with where you are right now. Coaching is. Where you are right now, looking forward. Jack Canfield, he, I think he describes it the best. We all have our stories. What, I have my, I got fired story. We all have stories, and he calls them "it's our so what stories." Okay, so that happened to you. Now, what are you going to do, right? And so, coaching is like taking whatever happened, no matter why, how, or when in the past, using it to empower you to move forward. And so, coaching is always about moving forward, and then consulting is more telling coaching is more exploring and consulting is like look i've got a piece of information i'm going to teach it to you and tell it to you and then you go do something with it and so i personally blend the coaching and the consulting because i work with people with coaches and helping them set up their business there's just shit you need to know about your business and i don't need to coach you to figure it out i'm just going to give it to you and then you we'll hand coach it to you and tell you that thing yeah literally so I, exactly I do what that I say. I'm like, direct consulting person. is I just
0: know stuff you don't know. I'm doing this for a yeah. really long time. I know stuff you don't know. So I'm just going to tell it to you. You can choose to yeah. listen or not, but that's the consulting part. And the coaching is where I'm going to pull out of you what you need and help you get where you want to go. I have no agenda yeah. for you other than your agenda. And part of what exactly. I'm doing is helping you figure out your agenda and showing yeah. that to you. Exactly. And people are always like, well, am I going to do this? I'm like, I don't know yet. I got to pull it out yeah. of you. But I can tell yeah. you that once I figure it out, you're going to be in full agreement. I'm never going to guide you to do something. Yeah that you don't want to do. It's going to all make sense to you. You're going yeah, to be like, exactly. yes, this is it. Yeah. And this is what I want to do. And, and now I have from the consulting, the information and the toolkit. So what would you say is like, I know you have a coach's console. What's like a coach's toolkit? Like what are the things that every coach needs to have to be successful? Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss this.
1: You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?